my friends, so I wanted to go on to the next chapter in Raja Yoga by Swami Vivekananda. Um, the next chapter talks about the psychic prana. Um, so I'm just going to start reading. We'll see, maybe read the whole chapter. Um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, according to the yogis, there are two nerve currents in the spinal column called the Pingala and the Ida. I'm not sure if I'm saying those right. <laughs> and a hollow canal called the Sushmana running through the spinal cord. So this is talking about, just like pause, time out, I'll explain. This is talking about those three canals, those energy channels that I've been talking about that prana flows through that um, there's three of in the Indian culture. And the third one, the Sushmana, is the one where the Kundalini energy comes up from, um, from its dormant location lower than the root chakra. So um, that gives you a little background. Um, okay, we'll continue. At the lower end of the canal is what the yogis call the Lotus of the Kundalini. They describe it as a triangular, as triangular in form. In it, in the symbolical language of the yogis, where is coiled up a power called the kundalini. When the kundalini awakes, it tries to force a passage through this hollow canal, and as it rises, step by step, as it were, layer after layer of the mind opens up and many different visions and wonderful powers come to the yogi. When it reaches the brain, the yogi becomes perfectly detached from the body and mind. The soul realizes its freedom. We know that the spinal cord is shaped in a peculiar manner. If we take the figure eight horizontally, we see two parts, which are connected in the middle. Now, if you pile up a number of eights, one on top of another, that will represent the spinal cord. The left side is the Ida, the right side is the Pingala, and that hollow canal which runs through the center of the spinal cord is the Sushmana. Where the spinal cord ends in some of the lumbar vertebrae, a fine fiber issue, issues downwards, and the canal runs through that fiber, only much finer. The canal is closed at the lower end, situated near what is called the sacral plexus which, according to modern physiology, is triangular in form. The different plexuses that have their centers in the spinal canal can very well stand for the different lotuses of the yogi. The yogi describes several centers, beginning with the mudalahara, that's the root chakra, the basic, and with the sahasara, the thousand-petal lotus in the brain. And that is talking about the crown chakra. So if we take the different plexuses as representing these lotuses, the idea of the yogi can be understood very easily in the language of modern physiology. We know that there are two sorts of actions in the nerve currents, one afferent and the other one efferent, one sensory and the other motor, one centripetal and one centrifugal. One carries the sensations to the brain and the other from the brain to the outer parts of the body. In the long run, these vibrations are all connected with the brain. 
There are several other facts which we have to remember in order to clear the way for the explanation which is to come. The spinal cord at the brain ends in sort of a bulb in the medulla, which is not attached to the brain but floats in a fluid in the brain, so that if there is a blow to the head, the force will not um, the force of that blow will be dissipated in the fluid and will not hurt the bulb. This is an important fact to remember. Secondly, we have also to remember that of all the centers, three are particularly important. The Muladhara, the Sahasrara, and the Manipura, which is the solar plexus chakra. So they're talking about the root chakra, the crown chakra, and the solar plexus, which is like in your center mass, your powerhouse. Um, next, we shall take one fact from physics. We all hear of electricity and various other forces connected with it. What electricity is, no one knows, but so far as it is known, it is sort of a motion. There are various other motions in the universe. What is the difference between them and electricity? Suppose that this table moves and that the molecules which compose this table are moving in different directions. But if they are all made to move in the same direction, then this motion will be electricity. Electricity becomes manifest when the molecules of the body move in the same direction. If all the air molecules in a room are made to move in the same direction, that will make a gigantic battery of electricity of the room. Another point we must remember from physiology is that the nerve center which regulates the respiratory system, the breathing system, has a controlling action over the whole system of nerve currents. Now we can see why rhythmical breathing is practiced. In the first place, from it comes a tendency of all the molecules in the body to move in the same direction. When the mind by nature distracted becomes one-pointed and thus is changed into a strong will, the nerve currents too change into a motion similar to electricity, for the nerves have been proved to show polarity under the action of electric currents. This shows that when the will is transformed into the nerve currents, it changes into something like electricity. Therefore, when all the motions of the body have become perfectly rhythmical, the body becomes a gigantic battery of will. This tremendous will is exactly what the yogis want to acquire. This is, therefore, the physiological explanation of pranayama. It tends to bring a rhythmic action to the body and helps us through the respiratory center to control the other centers. The aim of pranayama <clears throat> is to rouse the coiled up power in the mudladhara called the kundalini. Everything that we see or imagine or dream, we have to perceive in space. This is the ordinary space called the mahakasa or physical space. When a yogi reads that the thoughts of other men, no, sorry. When a yogi reads the thoughts of other men or perceives super sensuous objects, he sees them in another sort of space called the chittakasa, the mental space. When perception has become objectless and the soul shines in its own nature, it's called the 
Chidakasa, or knowledge space. When the Kundalini is aroused and enters the canal of Sushmana, all the perceptions are in the mental space. When it has reached that end of the canal which opens out into the brain, the objectless perception is in the knowledge space. Taking the analogy of electricity, we find that man can send a current only along a wire, but nature requires no wires to send her tremendous currents. This kind of makes me think of, side note, this kind of makes me think of all the Nikola Tesla stuff that I've been watching recently. Um, This proves that the wire is not really necessary. Only our inability to dispense with it compels us to use it. Similarly, all the sensations and motions of the body are being sent into the brain and sent out of it through these wires of the nerve fibers. The columns of the sensory and motor fibers in the spinal cord are the Ida and Pingala of the yogis. They are the main channels through which the afferent and efferent currents travel. But why should not the mind send news without any wire or react without any wire? We see this done in nature. The yogi says that if you can do that, you have got rid of the bondage of matter. How can you do it? If you can make the current pass through the sushmana, the canal in the middle of the spinal column, you have solved the problem. The mind has made this network of the nervous system and it has to break it so that no wires will be required to work through. Then alone will all knowledge come to us, no more bondage of the body. That is why it is so important that we should get control of the sushmana. I'm probably saying it wrong, which is really kind of comical with how many times I've said it. Um, If we can send the mental current through that hollow canal without any nerve fibers to act as wires, the yogi says the problem is solved, and he also says it can be done. This sushumana is an, an ordinary person's closed up at the lower extremity. No current comes through it. The yogi proses a practice, proposes a practice by which it can be opened and the nerve currents made to travel through it. When a sensation is carried to a center, the center reacts. This reaction in the automatic centers is followed by motion. In the conscious centers, it is followed first by perception and secondly by motion. All perception is the reaction to action from outside. How then do perceptions in dreams arise? There is then no action from outside. The sensations must therefore have been coiled up somewhere. For instance, I see a city. The perception of that city is from my reaction to the sensations brought from outside objects comprising that city. That is to say, a certain motion in the brain molecules has been set up by the motion in the in-carrying nerves, which again are set in motion by external objects in the city. Now even after a long time, I can remember the city. Dreams are exactly the same phenomena, only in a milder form. But whence is the action that set up even the milder form of similar vibrations in the brain? Certainly, not from the primary sensations. 
Therefore, it must be that the sensations are coiled up somewhere and by their action bring out the mild reaction, which we call dream perception. Now, the center where all the residual sensations are, as it were, stored up, is called the muladhara, the root receptacle, and the coiled up energy of action is the kundalini, the coiled up. It is very probable that the residual motor energy is also stored up in the same center, since after deep study or meditation on external objects, the part of the body where the muladhara center is situated, probably the sacral plexus, gets heated. Now, if this coiled up energy is roused and made active and then consciously made to travel up the Sushmana canal, it is... As it acts upon center after center, a tremendous reaction will set in. When a minute, when I, when a minute portion of energy travels along a nerve fiber and causes a reaction from the centers, this perception is either dream or imagination. But what? But when by the power of long internal meditation, the vast mass of energy stored up travels along the sushmana and strikes the centers, the reaction is tremendous, immensely superior to the reaction of dream or imagination, immensely more intense than the reaction of sense perception. It is super sensuous perception. And when it reaches the metropolis of all sensations, the brain, the whole brain, as it were, reacts and the result is the full blaze of illumination, the perception of the self. As this kundalini force travels from center to center, layer after layer of the mind, as it were, opens up and the universe is perceived by the yogi in its fine or casual form. Then alone are the causes of the universe, both as sensation and as reaction, known as they were, and hence comes all knowledge. The cause being known, the knowledge of the effects is sure to follow. Thus, the rousing of the kundalini is the one and only way to the attaining of divine wisdom, superconscious perception, realization of the spirit. The rousing may come in various ways, through love for God, through the mercy of perfected sages, or through the power of the analytic will of the philosopher. (laughs) I'm not sure what the case was with myself. Combination of all. Whenever there has been any manifestation of what is ordinarily called supernatural power or wisdom, There, a little current of the kundalini must have found its way into the sushmana. Only in the vast majority of such cases, the people had ignorantly stumbled on some practice which set free a minute portion of the coiled-up kundalini. All worship, consciously or unconsciously, leads to this end. The man who thinks that he is receiving a response to his prayers does not know that the fulfillment comes from his own nature that he has succeeded by the mental attitude of prayer in waking up a bit of his infinite power which is coiled up within himself. Thus, what men ignorantly worship under various names through fear and tribulation, the yogi declares to the world to be the real power coiled up in every being. 
the mother of eternal happiness. And Raja Yoga is the science of religion, the rationale of all worship, all prayers, forms, ceremonies, and miracles. Sending you love and positive vibes. <laughs> Three.